I think it's hard for people who haven't been through this process, and which is which is me, a number of times to really have a good idea of you know when you should start putting your foot down on the gas and spending when you're not spending enough because they're sort of oscillating between spending and not spending and figuring out how much you spend is a, is, is a really challenging thing to get right. Hi, I'm Danny, And I'm Nicole. Welcome to the Spend Culture Stories podcast, where we explore the connection between company spending and culture. Join us as we dive deep into understanding the people, processes, and tools that make up spend as a whole, or what we call spend culture. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Spend Culture Stories podcast. And today we're super excited to be on set at the BC Tech Summit and to be able to sit down and chat with Jake Tyler, the CEO of Fin.ai. Fin.ai is one of the fastest growing tech companies within BC, and they recently raised a 14 million Series A back in October 2018. Jake, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. I love having me. A pleasure. Yeah, no problem. And let's just start off with a quick and easy question. We loved chatting with entrepreneurs in the tech space, especially in Vancouver. What industry and market problems did you identify that made you start Fin.ai? So Fin.ai is a conversational banking platform. Um, we help banks communicate in a sort of more human, familiar way through natural language conversations with their bank and to manage their personal finances. So our sort of insight in the market was twofold. One, banking is really complicated for lots of consumers. And the way that we interact with each other is evolving. We do it a lot through things like instant messaging. So we aim to simplify the experience for banking into something that the people are more familiar with and so that they can talk to their banks and, and do all of their banking and personal finance. And the other big problem that this is solving is helping to augment a lot of routine mechanical tasks that are being done by humans within banks and take that load off those internal teams and create some uh, airspace for them to focus on more high value tasks. That's awesome. I love how you are using emerging technologies to kind of change the face of finance and banking. How do you think that's actually going to shape the future of personal finance when it comes to emerging technologies? So our take on the market is that every bank will have a conversational interface over the next five to 10 years, just in the same way that every bank has a mobile app today. You'll be able to do your banking via chatting to your bank within the bank's app, within their website, and within third-party messaging platforms. So depending on where you are, there might be WhatsApp or iMessage or WeChat. The other thing that we think will, will change quite dramatically is just sort of how we think about what a bank offers us in terms of value. So traditionally, it's been pretty transactional and pretty commoditized. So you can pay bills, pay friends, but there's limited sort of value add and advice that banks are offering you. Our goal is to take more value there. So to take a sort of private banker, personal banker experience and make that available to the mass consumer market at, at, uh, at close to zero marginal cost. So benefit for consumers is they're not just getting a straight sort of commodity, commodity service, service from the bank. They are getting uh, value add coaching and guidance uh, from the bank around paying their bills, managing their cash flow, understanding their cost of credit. And for the banks, they're building a deeper, more personal relationship with their customers. That's perfect. And um, I know this spend culture concept has been quite new to some people in a lot of companies, but I think um, that's something that you definitely understand since you're in the banking business. So in your opinion, what do you think the future of spend culture looks like, both for companies and individuals? 
I think for so, so on the individual side, we, on financial literacy, so helping consumers understand banking products, when they should be used, how people should use them, and then nudging and guiding them towards taking action that can improve their financial outcomes. So that could include basic things like before you pay a bill, checking that you have enough money in your bank account to pay that balance. We have products like a credit score coach that helps people understand what their credit score is. So send people their credit score, what it means, um, how it impacts their cost of borrowing, and other things like that. So from a product perspective, we're very much aimed at helping people understand financial products and then take action to improve their personal financial outcomes. From a business, obviously, you know, this impacts us a lot as well. So we're a venture-backed business. We spend a lot of time thinking about cash flow in particular and looking at our numbers and managing for that back businesses are, you know, to a large degree, an exercise in managing cash flow over a period of time versus sort of a trade-off on risk and speed. And so, you know, from a management team that we spend a lot of time optimizing those, those two different variables. And how do you guys currently track and manage company spending? And based on how the company grows, how do you think this will change? So early on in our company life, you know, as you mentioned, we did a, an A round in October. You know, alongside the A round comes more board control. And then as you think about managing spend, you have some additional stakeholders and a reporting structure as a result of that more formal board. So that's been a bit of a change for us as we've moved into the sort of post-A side of things. And there's more infrastructure that we're building up. Certainly as the company evolves from A through B and beyond, those new investors are really investing in historical performance. So um, you need to do a lot more to build up the infrastructure of uh, reporting. And then also as a result of that modeling out for the future. For the period up to the A round, I think things are done probably in a less well-organized fashion, at least they were in, in our case. So I took my, you know, my business school skills and did a lot of the financial modeling and reporting myself. And then we had a, a small fi- internal finance team that was doing a lot of our sort of historical reporting. So not a super sophisticated process historically, and slowly becoming more, or actually quite quickly becoming more sophisticated as we move through different financing stages. So how are you guys are tr- uh, currently doing this right now? Is it through um, expense reporting or is it just through spreadsheets? Definitely a mix of both. We use a number of different cloud services and pieces of software for tracking expenses and bookkeeping and so forth. Most of our forward-looking financials are managed through an Excel model. So both the management forecast and an investor sort of five-year forecast are managed that way alongside a cash flow forecast. So those are the two sort of components that we're looking at alongside our board every quarter and making sure that we're, you know, we're matching our cash burn and forecast cash burn to the risk that the investors are and our management team is interested in taking on. So speaking of the management and board, from a tech founder's perspective, what are usual things that investors look for when it comes to investing in a startup? And can you give some prospective founders any tips? Yeah, so very dependent on stage. And so maybe given we've just done the A round, I think maybe I can speak to how that's changing into the A round and post A round. So I think at the A round stage, investors are probably looking uh, about 20% on historical performance and 80% into the future. So they're really like, you know, they want to believe in the team. They want to believe in your TAM, your, your total addressable market, how you can get out there and, and, and solve that market. You need to have some idea of product market fit, but you probably don't have a couple of years for historical data showing that product market fit. I think as you move to Series B in the sort of early conversations that we're having there, 
you're probably talking about 80% of what investors look at is historical performance and 20% is the future. So that mix certainly changes a lot. And then as you go into later rounds, you know, it's even more towards historical performance. That's primarily what people are investing in. So that's been a big change for me and the sort of narrative that we tell as a management team and how we tell that narrative to the investors and our, and our other stakeholders and partners. We're still going through that change as we move through our Series A and start to think about what the next round of financing is. And then you also have different financing options as you sort of roll into later stages, mixing in debt and, uh, and, and other options there. That's awesome that you guys are planning so far ahead for the future and start thinking about just creating those internal controls and making sure that everyone's on board. Just speaking of growth in general, as a co-founder and CEO, how do you think you support and communicate a vision of financial responsibility to the entire organization? I think that's a really hard one. And we certainly made a lot of mistakes. You know, probably every founder I've chatted to has some story similar to this where you get pretty excited or a little too excited and spend a little bit ahead of where you should be. Mm-hmm. And then most also have a story on the other side where they spend you know, too little money or, or didn't make a decision to, to spend when they should have. So you're always sort of oscillating in between those two ends of the spectrum. And a big part of what I spend my time doing and we spend our time doing as a management team is figuring out how fast we want to move, how much we want to spend, you know, and we have a plan for spending it versus our, you know, our drop-dead day when it comes to running out of cash. So most venture-backed businesses at, at our stage will have a drop-dead date when we run out of cash. And you need to make sure that you can deliver on your milestones before you get to that, hit that drop-dead date. So as a management team, this is really what we spend our time thinking about. And we've certainly made mistakes in the past where we've got a little too excited and, and spent ahead of ourselves and then had to wind that back. And I think we've, you know, we've also made mistakes on the other side where we didn't spend when we should have. And as a result, probably missed some opportunities. Yeah, it's really important to kind of balance, you know, growth perspectives along with being more financially responsible. I think that's a struggle for a lot of startup owners. Yeah, and what we've aimed to do, founding team, is make sure that we have people around us who've done this before and they can provide their wisdom and advice for not getting too far ahead of our skis and, uh, and vice versa. I think it's hard for people who haven't been through this process, and which is, which is me, a number of times to really have a good idea of you know, when you should start putting your foot down on the gas and spending when you're not spending enough because they're sort of oscillating between spending and not spending and figuring out how much you spend is, uh, is, is a really challenging thing to get right. Yeah, definitely. And um, this is one of my last questions for you today. What advice can you give leaders in fast-growing tech companies when it comes to cultivating a healthy spend culture? I think a big one is that spending more money, in particular adding headcount. So in our business, headcount is, um, is, is probably our, or is, is by far our biggest area of spend. So I think that the key is not equating that to sort of success, so team growth to success, which I think can be a mistake to make and in the past I think it's a mistake that we've made. So making sure that when you're spending money, you're tying it very clearly to a return on investment and that you're increasing the efficiency that you get as you scale up your spending, you're increasingly becoming more efficient as a business. So I think one of the tendencies across sort of a team is to throw resources, whether they're people or, or, or wherever else you're spending dollars, to solve a problem rather than think of other ways to solve a problem. So one of, it sounds really obvious, but one of the things that 
I think can help people to overcome that challenge and helped us to overcome that challenge is to, is to provide a very clear sort of cap on resources and then make people work within the constraint. So um, having a constraint and then working within that is a great way for people to come up with other creative solutions to the problem. So that's been one. The other one that we certainly work on within the organization is just transparency around uh, where we're at from a financial perspective, what things are costing. So across our management team where um, and the team more broadly, we're, we're quite transparent about where the business is at. And hopefully, you know, as a whole, people are thinking about when they make decisions, how they impact our cash position, our bottom line, you know, what, what's our return on these investments from an income perspective, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. I love what you said about finding another way to do things. That's something I think a lot of uh, startup founders definitely cultivate very well within the team is um, how can we get this done in a more efficient or more cost-effective manner? And I think that's a really important question to ask for anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jake, for joining us today. I wish you the best of luck at fin.ai and we're excited to see what future the company takes. Thank you very much. Great to be on. Thanks for hosting me. Yeah, have a great afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Spend Culture Stories podcast, sponsored by Procurify. If you'd like to learn more about your spend culture, take our quiz at spendculture.com.